depending on where you are in life, you might be asking some questions. Uh, anybody over the last year asked some questions about life? Anybody asked why, where, how, what? I mean, all sorts of questions. Sometimes we ask the question, why church? Like, why would we gather as a community? What, what is this about? And we've been journeying as a community over the last few weeks looking at the book of Acts, which is part of the Bible. It's in the New Testament. And what we see is this promise of God the Father and the Son, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on believers. And it's not just for the church. If you're here exploring faith, it's for you too because there's this promise that we saw where it says, and the promise is for you. Say me. Me. It's for you. It's for your family. Say my family. My family. Four of us. It's for all your families, for all y'all. And it says it's for all who are far off. For all who are far off. And if that didn't capture everybody, it's for all who God will call. All who God will call. God is calling you not just into faith and experience of the living God, but into community and into family. And we're going to see that, that invitation today. And as we were worshiping, uh, one of our staff sent me a message. just felt like the Lord had a word of just an impression and another one of our leaders. And so just so you know, here, here's what the heart posture we want to take through the rest of our service. You are invited. That last song we were singing is out of the Old Testament, out of Deuteronomy. And that the countenance of God, like God's face is turning towards you. And there are just some people I think that need to hear that today. And we're going we're gonna to have an opportunity for you to respond. So just, just know, like as we read scripture today, you can be confident God's loving heart is, tor- is turned towards you. And that's been the hope of this whole series, this idea of exponential. When we keep God's love to ourselves, guess where it stays? It stays with us. <laughs> oh, but the church and the invitation of the Spirit the work of Jesus on the cross is that when we begin to share our God story with others, there's this exponential impact that it grows and it reaches and it moves. And by God's grace, it's reached us here in Pearland, Texas today. If you go to the text, we are the ends of the earth. We are proof that the work of God's kingdom is alive and well from generation to generation to generation. And it's our prayer that you will experience that hope today. As I said earlier, my name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor here at the Vineyard. If we don't have the chance to meet, I'm so glad that you're here. It is my hope that you will be encouraged and see that God's work is meeting you wherever you are on your journey. Whether this is your first time in a church, whether you have been following Jesus for decades, you're exploring faith, be open to the reality of God meeting you right where you are. Convincing proofs. Anybody have a convincing proof in your life that God's met you? Can I get an amen? So you're in good company. If you're looking, if you're searching, there are stories of God's convincing proof right here in the room. And today, uh, we are going to look at the idea that the exponential work of God brings courage. Anybody needed a little courage lately? Two of us? I did. I need it like all the time. In the last two weeks, I've needed more courage than probably in the last 15 months. So at least you know uh, where your lead pastor's at today, okay? So here we go. This is the recap of the last few weeks. If you've missed us, go online. You can check out our podcast. You can check out uh, the messages. If you just go to pearlandvineyard.org, there is a web page there that you can check out where we've been. But this is it. The promise of God is the Holy Spirit. Period. 
What we believe when we say the Holy Spirit is that part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, God is with us. In Jesus, we see God dwelled among the people. In the Holy Spirit, we say God is still with us here on the earth at work. And the courage of my heart is not in my own strength or capacity, but in the empowering presence of the living God, grabbing hold of my life from the inside out, anchoring me as a child of God, as an identity given from God, that I'm loved by God, and the work of God is my source every day. The promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be in Acts 4, and I just want to leave us with this thought today to kind of lead into the text. We're going to read scripture. We believe that reading the Bible is good for our lives. It allows us to see the invitation of God to be led in a way that is good for you and for your heart and for your mind. And it changes us. It's God's word. God's actually like word for you and for me still today. So we've been encouraging you to read scripture. We're going to read it out loud today. And um, I just... I just want you to open your life to the possibility that God has good things for you. You're going to get to hear from Alan, our founding pastor. You're going to get to hear from me. We're going to team teach today. If that's new for you, cool. You're going to get to hear perspectives. As we've been reading scripture, we're going to share how God's been speaking to us. And I just want to invite the entire room, everybody online, notice and pay attention to what captures you. As I read through the text, just notice what captures your heart and mind. We believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, drawing you into relationship with God. So Acts 4, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. Okay, side note, you just jumped right in the middle of the story. In Acts 3, we see Peter and John heal somebody who had been begging at the temple gates for a long time. He was lame, and he was placed there day in and day out begging. If you've been begging for God to meet you, don't stop begging for God to show up. If you are waiting for the Holy Spirit to encounter you, don't stop waiting. Okay, We're in the middle of a story. A miracle has occurred. It's drawn a crowd, as it would even today. And now we're going to see like the religious leaders show up and maybe the temple and some of the authority figures, and I don't think they're going to take it too kindly. So let's just see what happens. They were greatly disturbed. See, I told you. Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's pretty miraculous. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Come on. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That's right. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note, pay attention to this, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. Oh, the quandaries of all quandaries. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name, in the name of Jesus. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Amen. Amen. May it be in our day and time stories of hope and faith like this. What stood out to you? What began to capture your heart? Alan, as you spent time in this text, what was it that captured your heart? What did you sense the Holy Spirit spotlighting for you? You know, something I'm learning, but it's probably the journey that I'm on is why this stood out to me. But the thing that stood out to me was absolutely uh, Peter and John's transparency. Uh, There was this celebration of the work of God that was going on. And simultaneously, there was this capacity to be honest about what was happening in their present reality. Do you feel the tension? I mean, here they've just, through the power of God, healed this man who's been sick for a very long time. And now they're being called to account. So they're celebrating the work of God, and they find themselves ending up in jail. And that was their reality the power and work of God, and being in jail. And I find that to be so incredibly transparent in terms of how the Scripture leads us to this text and leads us through it. You know, one of the interesting things that that I'm discovering is uh, sometimes life is just hard. And sometimes as followers of Jesus, we have this propensity to not want to acknowledge the reality of our pain, Uh, we somehow think 
if we acknowledge the reality, it reduces our faith when in fact, I actually believe when we acknowledge the reality right. of our pain while simultaneously holding on to the hope we have in God, our faith actually increases. And then there's this layer of opposition that works. It's not just how we think, but the, the liar, hmm. the father of lies, has this capacity to whisper, and I think this is one of the moments where the father of lies whispers to us. So I think there's this deceitful line from Satan himself, spoken into the ears of followers of Jesus in hard times, and the whisper goes something like this. You know, if God was really in this, it would be easy. Hmm. I mean, I have heard that. In my own ear. You know, if God had really called you to this, if God was really in this moment, if God had really set this up for you to be engaging in faith and love and life, it wouldn't be like this. Uh, you wouldn't be here in this predicament. You wouldn't be hmm. in this moment of imprisonment. You know, Here's the thing that's reality. God's presence and power never eliminates the possibility of hardship. God's presence and power doesn't eliminate the possibility of hardship. Actually, God's presence and power is the promise that we'll never be alone Amen. no matter faith and victory, or pain and hardship. The power of God's presence is his promise yeah. that we're never alone. The capacity in the vineyard to hold this tension of what we call the already and the not yet. Mm -hmm. Like, we're experiencing the power and presence of the kingdom of God right here, right now. And yet, every one of us has this anticipation that there is more to come. There is more on the way. Yeah. And when the final coming of Christ comes at the end of the age, whenever that is, there will be a new reality into Amen. which we step that completes the rule, reign, power, authority of God. And we will then live in that new place, that kingdom of fulfillment for which we yeah. now wait. Between now and then, here's the word, the presence of God reminds us that we are never alone. Amen. Amen. Now, that was, that's just, you know, if that's just for me, I'll take it. <laughs> I can preach to myself on that one. There you go. The other thing that stood out to me um, was simply the idea of dependence and, and dependence in the faith of Peter and John. I, I, I love how this story starts. Their first, their first identification of dependence is their encounter with the lame man at the gate. The lame man at the gate is asking for money. And they say, well, we don't have any of that. But they followed it up with a dependence. And they said, but what we do have, we'll give you. Yeah, that's right. And then they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up. Take, take up your feet, strengthen, and rise up and walk. You know, there's this dependence that's there. You see, 
the power that flowed through Peter and John came from a dependence on God made known to us in Jesus that's available to us today. It expresses itself a second time in the text that we read today, and it's a passive observation. It's not something that Peter and John say, it's something that is said about them, and the religious leaders of the day recognize their dependence in these words. Ha, these guys are bumpkins from nowhere. They are uneducated, and they are bumpkins from nowhere, but you know what we have to recognize about these guys? Here, here it is. Their dependence was recognized through these words. The religious leader said, these men have been with Jesus. That's right. Their faith, their reliance, their trust was evidently visible. And you see, because they knew that they were uneducated men, in that moment, their reliance on Jesus filled them with courage and empowered them to testify. Uh, the reason this is so inviting and important to me is it because this truth encourages me to believe that anyone who spends time with Jesus, learning from him, from his path, for everyone to participate in kingdom ministry that we're called to as followers of Jesus, it, this is for any one That's of right. us and for all of us. We can all be people who mm -hmm. spend time with Jesus and being with Jesus will always fill us with acts of kindness mm -hmm. and love. So I, I, I'll just leave you with this question. What's the next thing, good thing, that God will be doing mm -hmm. in you and through you as you depend on him? That's right. I'm going to suggest to you today won't pass before an opportunity will come. You hear the invitation? You know, that, that next good thing that Alan's talking about, you know, we see this as an act of kindness. I was talking with my friend Tony. Where there was a moment of just normal life stuff, and he talked about how he was being kind, and he said, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I was like, I like that. There's this place where we see in the scriptures, here in the story, this invitation to our strength not being of our own. That the courage we have is not because you're so courageous or you're this extra spiritual person or you just are, you know, the right kind of, you have the right ego and makeup. And I was just thinking about the, the questions from the community. You know, all through Acts, if you're paying attention, there are these questions that people are asking. There are these questions that people are asking. I'm going to go back to Acts 2. They ask this question, what does this mean? They're looking at a moment and they're asking, what does this mean? Then they ask the question, what should we do? What should we do? And here in Acts 4, we get to a question of source. By what power or name did you do this? In our day and time, church, we want to be the kind of people who know the source of our life because everybody is looking and wondering by what source, by what power, by what name do you live? 
And honestly, everybody today is trying to name the power or the source or the name by which they live. And that transparency and the dependency is, look, if you knew me and you knew my life, you would know that if the power and name by which I live is Kurt Attaway, it's not going to do much for you. And if I'm honest about my own life, it's left me short more times than I wished. So I want to ask you, church family, those online that are there connected to this message, what source are you living by when you wake up tomorrow morning? What source are you living by Thursday night when it's late and you're tired? What source are you living by when you're concerned about work, when you're dealing with relationships, when you're tired and worn out? What power or name do you live by? See, this isn't just a a rebuttal for persecution and religious questioning. This is about identity. And they were anchored in their identity in Jesus, that it's by Jesus I am kind. It's by Jesus I pursue reconciliation. It's by Jesus I show acts of kindness. It's by Jesus I pray healing prayers. It's by Jesus I begin to welcome the kingdom of heaven here and now because Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. That is the power and that is the name by which I live every day. And you might go, well, how? How do we do that? I think we have to begin to put ourselves in situations and circumstances like Peter and John did. They were ordinary, unschooled people who had spent time with Jesus. The good news is, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. You go, look, hey, Jesus died, Jesus was resurrected, and Jesus ascended into heaven. Yes, it takes faith. You might be going like, tell me that story again. It's, It's Easter all year long. It's good, okay? Jesus died, Jesus resurrected. It says Jesus ascended to be with the Father so that he could be there to pray for all people to come into faith. His heart is that everybody comes into faith in Jesus. Everybody would know by what power and by what name we live. But he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. The Holy Spirit is for you. So here's the good news. First, we begin to receive the Holy Spirit. God, if you're telling the truth, God, if you're real, fill me with your spirit. It will go well for you. It says the Spirit will lead you and guide you into truth. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. When I was working in private practice as a clinician, I would ask people whether they had faith or not. I'm going to give you a list of words. Tell me if you think more of these words in your life would be good. So I'd rattle that off. Love. They go, yeah. Joy. Amen. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I would say, if you had more of this in your life, would your life go better? And they would go, yeah. And I was like, Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. By what power or name do you have those things in your life? It is the work of the living God in me and through me. 
humility of heart and mind that says, I need what God has. I need the Holy Spirit. We pray, come Holy Spirit. The Word of God. Peter and John quote scripture. I need to put myself in the Word of God because it says, Jesus, the Word became flesh. The fulfillment of scripture. And then, it says, Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary people. We need to embrace our ordinariness. But they didn't do it alone. We need to embrace community. The way we begin to walk more in the power of God is that we walk with the community of God. We share our lives with people. It says they were on their way to pray. A conversation with God. Time spent in community, in worship, in prayer, in scripture, in conversation about my internal life being lived inside out so that we with confidence can have the courage to know the power by which we live. And here's what I love about what God's doing. And this just takes all the pressure off. We can witness with courage and conviction because all we're asked to do is tell what we have seen and heard. What you've seen and heard. If you were going to witness to people when you leave church and you were going to say, like, a guy got up on stage. What color were his boots? Okay, they're black. They're black. You can tell that with courage and conviction because you have experienced it. You've seen it. When you read scripture, when you pray with courage, you can go, man, I, I heard the word of God for my life and it's changing me. With courage and conviction, when we bring our lives into the presence of God and we become ordinary people who spend time with Jesus, beautiful things happen because we become witnesses to the kingdom of God here and now. And you do not have to tell of anything you have not heard. You do not have to tell of anything you have not seen. You don't even have to tell of things you don't know. Unless you want to tell somebody, I don't know, because that would be honest. That would be transparent. That would be a good witness. We witness with courage and conviction because what they said is we cannot help but share what we have seen and heard. I give everybody permission, and I join with Facebook and Instagram and all social media accounts to be witnesses of courage and conviction who will just tell of God's work by what you have seen and heard because everybody is doing it right now. It just so happens so much of the central focus, and I'm on social media, so this is not judgment, this is just truth. The central focus of our lives is look at me. And Peter and John go, look at Jesus. They have the courage of heart to go, look what Jesus has done. Look at what God is doing in my life. Can you tell I'm excited? They didn't turn me up, I just turned myself up, okay? Have courage and conviction to go, my life was messed up. I am a horrible husband apart from the work of God in my life. I'm selfish, I'm greedy, and I'm selfish, and I'm selfish. 
Because when it's the spirit of Kurt lived out of who I am and what I want, guess who it's all about? It's about me. I'm kind of a lousy dad. You ever felt like that? I can be discouraged. Here's transparency and dependency. In full transparency and realizing I need to be dependent on God, I was at a point two weeks ago where I just said, I probably have the least amount of faith that I've had in a while for good things to happen in the near future. Anybody been there? Do you think the guy was tired of begging at the gate? Here it is again. Do you ever get tired? Jesus' invitation to people who walked with him was, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, all who are burned out on religion, who are worn out from the striving of your own spirit and your own strength, come to me and receive rest. Come to me and let me be the well that will not run dry. Come to me who thirst and hunger for righteousness. It is found in connection with the living God. Walk with me and I will show you the way of life. In Acts, it says this. Jesus is the author of life and humans crucified him, but the resurrection power of God raised him from the dead and that is the invitation to you and me today. To acknowledge there are parts of my life that are dead and need the resurrection hope of the living God. There are parts of my life that have been stories of death and destruction and depression and they are lame. They're not like lame, they're like not cool. Like they are lame, like there's no movement. They are lifeless. And the author of life wants to speak hope to your heart and to your mind to write the story of resurrection because it is the power and the name of Jesus by which we are all saved. An imperfect reality, a beggar who could not walk, was the place and space the reality of God's kingdom comes and says there's something different. Think about this for a minute. Anybody ever struggle with faith? You can raise your hand if you're online. We're not going to make anybody feel uncomfortable in the room. This is where I'm going to finish today because this is going to be the invitation to ministry time. You ever, have you ever had that conversation? I've had a conversation with people that were like, you know, if God was really good, there would be no pain in the world. If God was really good, there would be no sadness. There would be no heartache. Have you ever had this conversation? Maybe it's just, to be fair, these were conversations before I was ever a pastor. Like this was like, I remember talking to friends in high school about this, in college. But maybe it's more of like a pastor thing, I don't know. But what we're saying is we look out and we see all the pain and we see all the heartache and we see all the destruction and we go, if there was a God, there would be none of that. Anybody ever been there? It's like a barrier to faith. It's a barrier to believe. What I love about what we see in Acts is that actually that is a horrible way to tell the story. Because what we see in the reality of God is that there is actually something that is good. And there is a trajectory 
for every human heart into a new heaven and a new earth where healing is possible. Hope is a real thing. And I just want you to know, every one of our hearts cries out for it. And in the moment that this imperfect story was on display for everyone in that moment to see it, the kingdom of God breaks in and healing becomes a reality for that one person and 5,000 people give their life to Christ. None of us want to be the lame beggar, but we all want miracles. Can I, can I get an amen? I mean, some of y'all are going, oh, man. Don't talk to me that way, Kurt. We want miracles, and I want 5,000 people getting baptized next Sunday. So everybody get, no. No. We don't have to get to work and somehow we generate this. We have to get postured in humility and say, God, bring your kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit, and bring healing where there's heartache and bring hope to relationships and bring hope to homes. Spare us from depression. Spare us from the work of the enemy because I don't like that stuff. I want heaven. And here's the good news. It's not our spirituality. It's not our big, grandiose personalities. It is not about being extroverted or introverted. It is about a posture of our heart and transparency that says, I am needy. Come, Lord Jesus. It is a posture of our witness as a community to be courageous in our story, to say, this is where God met me. This is where God met me. This is where God spares me week in and week out from myself. And here's where I need God to come again. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I have physical needs that need healing. This, friends, is a community to be a place where we can show up and say, I need God to show up with courage. And so I say, I've experienced God, and I want to experience God again. And it is a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. I'm just curious. We're going to do an exercise in the room. We're going to move to ministry time. When you get, anybody ever gotten a really good gift before that was wrapped? What do you do? How do you receive that gift? With joy and you open up your hands. 1 John 1, 3 through 4 says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus. We write this to make our joy complete. It is a community of joy receiving the work of God, our source of joy, to share it with everybody who needs it. We receive the gift of God just like we receive the greatest gift. So when we invite you to pray and we say, hey, just open up, take a posture of receiving, it's just to go, let's do this thing. And we're going to do this thing. We're going to pray for everybody who needs prayer today. We're going to pray for everybody to receive the Holy Spirit if you would like to receive more of the Holy Spirit. So here's the first invitation. Do you want to be filled like the early church? Do you need the power and presence of the living God in your life? If that's you today, I'm just going to invite you to stand, to have courage and conviction to go, I need that. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm going to ask a couple other people to stand. And then Alan's going to begin to pray, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to let God do what God does, okay? There were two words that our team had while we were praying and worshiping. And here's what we believe at the Vineyard. We believe that God speaks. We believe God can speak to you, to ordinary, unschooled people. Okay? And, and these are just impressions. These are senses from the Holy Spirit 
in people who have been learning to hear from God. We believe you can learn to hear from God. And here, here were the two uh, words. Um, one was this. As we were singing, I felt God say, you are absolutely included if you want to be. Right here, today, as you are. Peter is the main guy on the stage preaching shortly after he had been the one who had denied Jesus. See, the promise is not because of our good behavior. The promise is because of our willingness to receive. If you want in, you're in. Say, God, I'm yours. If that makes sense to you, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to pray for you. Then another one of our leaders just shared this. um, During the blessing, there was just this idea that, man, so many of us come today. You're tired. You're just tired. You don't even have the strength to open a good gift. You don't even have the strength to wish for a good gift or hope for a good gift. You're just tired. And more than that, you just feel forsaken. You've been at the gate for a long time. God's not showing up. God's not healing. God's not moving. And you just feel like you've just been cast off. If you're here today and you feel forsaken or you feel forgotten or you feel tired, tired of all the struggle, tired of all the striving, tired of all the, uh, the disappointment, We just believe God's saying to you, you're not forsaken. And that the blessing of God to the people in the Old Testament and the New Testament today is for you. And you just need to to know that the Father's love and heart is turned towards you. And if you don't want to stand today, you can just sit. And we're going to just invite the Holy Spirit to meet you. You can just open up your hands if you feel comfortable. I'm going to ask Alan just to begin to lead out. We're just going to pray for you. And this is for everybody online watching on video as well. The Spirit of God is ready to meet you right where you're at. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Come. Come and awaken us to the reality that is already present. You are here. The beauty of your presence is that you point us to Jesus. You remind us of who he is and what he said. You remind us of the work he's doing and has done. And so now, in this moment, I ask that you would awaken us to the loving gaze of Jesus, our Lord. Lord, as I pray, I pray that you would dispel any clouds of darkness. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. The shadowy life that we find ourselves in, where we're longing for your breakthrough. And so I ask now that your light would shine Mm -hmm. and breakthrough would come. That you would be present now. It's not cold in this room, but 
there's this sense that would you warm our hearts? Would you warm our hearts? Our hearts that are desperate. And Lord, maybe the condition of our heart has been cold. Maybe it's been indifference. Maybe it's been wounding. Whatever the source, would you warm our hearts now? Would you open our minds to receive all that you have for us right here, right now? God, I just, I just add, like, convincing proof for people who need to, to have it. In my own life, it's been, per, it's been that encounter of undeniable experience that you have come. It, that I just pray for people in the room right now, for people who are uh, in need of, of a convincing proof. Just, Spirit of God, come. And I just encourage you, don't resist. Like, some of it, for me, it's sometimes tears. Sometimes there's places where my heart just begins to, like, realize, like, God, I'm so tired. I'm so needy. Sometimes there's places where I just begin to receive the love of God. If you want in, you're in. Just even now in the room, I just believe that there are people who are just really, God's just meeting you in a meaningful way. We just say, more, Lord. God, allow us to be a community to share in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in a way that we would just go, God, it is not the, the mechanics of what we're doing. It is the reality that you are in our midst. And so we just say, come, Holy Spirit. God, when we, when we depart from this place, I pray that we would be aware of your presence so that people in our lives who need hope, they need healing at the gate of wherever you're meeting them, God, that you would come and we with courage would say, I'll give you what I got. What I have is weakness of my own strength, but what I have is kindness and power of the living God. God, I pray for acts of kindness to flow through us as a community. I pray where we feel discouraged and depressed and and doubting, just even in my own doubt, it was the word, it was the truth of your word, it was the community of people praying for me. And it was a reminder that you do not leave us or forsake us, so we just say, Holy Spirit, remove lies that have come in place and fill us with your presence. Just on Pentecost, God, we just say, come, rushing wind of God, breath of God, breathe on dry bones. Fire of God, fall and ignite faith where it's been cold and it's been damp and it's been dark. Come and illuminate minds today, illuminate hearts, illuminate relationships with the hope and healing of your kingdom. We say, come, Lord Jesus. We bless you, God. We just welcome the faith that is a gift from you. And God, just for places in our life where we have not lived aligned with you, we just say, forgive us. We turn towards you again. We turn our attention to you again. Yeah, and with that, uh, that thought of the places where we've missed it, those barriers are not things that you need to leave here and take care of. Hmm. 
that invitation if you want in, if you want to be a part, you can be. You don't have to miss this time because you think you've got to take care of some things before God will hear you. The invitation is, yes, Lord, I want in. And hold open those things that you're aware of, the barriers, those, those things that come to your mind that you see as the impediment. I can't because of this and that. Would you just simply let that go in Jesus' name? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can name it, my unforgiveness, my fear, my doubt, my brokenness. Mm. You can name the sin and, and just say, I give it to you now. Yeah, that's Come right. now, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Lift this Come, weight Jesus. as we hold them before you. Mm. Lift this weight. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. So we're going to close our time with a prayer of blessing, but you do not have to leave. You can stay. Actually, if some of you feel like you could use more prayer, I'm just going to invite you to come, and we'll have prayer ministry teams available. Uh, You just got an experience of what it's like to have a prayer ministry team member pray for you. And this is just, they'll, they'll just press into God's love and activity for you. But I just feel like I'm supposed to share what encouraged me. Here's my witness to you, and this is how we do it. In my place of discouragement, I read scripture and the living God met me and began to speak to my heart. And I just want to speak this over us as a community. And I also believe that, that for those of us here today, that there is somebody in your life that you can be hope for this week. You can pray for them. You can reach to them. You can listen to them. So listen to this. This is exactly what God did for me. And this is the text. Habakkuk 3 Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Our hope is not in the fruit. Our hope is in the faithfulness of the living God. If you have been discouraged because you don't see the fruit, the visible stuff that you want to see, do not put your hope in outcomes. Put your hope and your heart and your life in the care of the Creator. Let's stand as a community. God, we thank you that you are at work from generation to generation. You have been at work long before me, and God, your invitation is into an eternal family where you are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So today we choose to turn our attention to you. We put our joy in you. We put our our strength in you. And we say, Holy Spirit, fill your church and give us courage to speak of you, our source, to speak of you, the name that is above all other names, that in your name there is power to raise dead things to life, Because you are the author of life. You are the good God who dwells among the people. So we just say, Holy Spirit, speak, empower, and encourage. And we bless this community to find their hope in you. Fill us up to overflow. Fill us up, God. It is your promise. So I bless your community with your promise. You 
are with us. Amen.